Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording live from our Podstream studios in Times Square. You know, folks, it has been a couple of weeks now since the United States has withdrew from Afghanistan in their role of trying to secure democracy in an area that they really had no business in for the last 20 some odd years, they have left in many ways Afghanistan more unstable than it was when they arrived in 2001. There's an interesting article, though, that I want to draw our attention to, which is really just using Afghanistan as a hook, so much as understanding the politics of nations that have anti-women agendas. And it's really interesting because I I have to say this. I tweeted yesterday that some days I think about Hillary Clinton probably more than, you know, most people where it's I think about her walking around, you know, her home or wherever, listening to the news and being absolutely and thoroughly disgusted by the things that are unfolding that she warned the country of a decade ago, right, or more. Hillary Clinton had been talking about women and girls' issues when it wasn't popular, when there was no hashtag, when, you know, she was being lambasted for being a first lady who said, yeah, I don't want to fucking bake your pies, right? We can applaud that now, but then an entire group of women came for her, and it would be that same group of women that would upset her ability to clench the highest office in the land in 2016 when 53% of white women decided to vote against their own and instead vote for a traitorous, treasonous, misogynist, Islamophobic, homophobic, transphobic, racist piece of shit, Donald Trump. So what is really interesting to me is that The Economist put out an article and 
this was the tweet that they sent out. And if I were Hillary Clinton, I think that I would have gone out in my backyard, on my balcony, wherever the, where, where, whatever state she is at, and scream so loud that, like, it would alarm everyone in the towns nearby. This is what it read. There is growing evidence that Hillary Clinton was on to something a decade ago when she said the subjugation of women is a threat to the common security of our world. Now, you read this article and Hillary Clinton, because she is better than me, (laughs) said in a tweet responding to The Economist, thanks for noticing. Because all you can do right now, if you are Hillary Clinton, is throw an incredible amount of shade at the fuckery that has maybe, possibly, and I guess we will see with the midterm elections, wholly and completely gutted our democracy. But the title of the article is this in The Economist, Sex and Geopolitics, Why Nations That Fail, Women Fail. I think that... It's incredibly important. And I said this last week. You know, it is not lost on me that the United States has the audacity to go around the world to lambast and to shame other countries for their treatment of women. Now, while we may not have outwardly facing violent or brutal punishments for women, the policies that this country supports and upholds are just as devastating as I would say, probably, potentially, being stoned to death or beaten, right? Because here's the thing. When we live in a country where we know that one in four women are going to be raped, right? When you go onto a college campus, looking to your left, your right, your front, and your back, and knowing that several of you in that orientation Uh, assembly will be raped. And we do nothing about that. It is just matter of fact. Don't put your cup down. Don't wear this outfit. Don't go to this party. The onus always being on the woman. When you live in a country that goes around the world proclaiming how important education is for girls and how we need to educate girls and how dare you be this barbaric and archaic type of government... Well, I think about how women in this country are doubly, triply educated in comparisons to men. I lifted up last week many analytics and reports on the fact that the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, that men were not looking for higher education or attending uh, post-secondary in the way that women are and have been. And that what happens when men leave university, when they dare not go into college, right? When we have a class of men that will be undereducated, right? And young and possibly a lot more aggressive, right? Towards their women counterparts that are overly educated, gainfully employed. And what does that create in a society? You look at America in the ways that women will enter into the workforce. And we all know, because each and every year when we do this Women's Equal Pay Day and then Black Women's Equal Pay Day and then Latina Women Equal Pay Day, that we know, right, 
that women do not make equal to the amount as men. And we know that this should in fact be illegal, but we don't have a Congress and have not had a president that does anything more than read us empty mantras without backing that up with policy. So while we may not have women dress in a particular way in this country or keep them out of school, we are most certainly keeping and holding ourselves back as a nation by the way in which we hold women back, right? Because we have this false choice that we have women have to make in this country. Should I have a family or should I continue working? Because we have not set up an infrastructure that allows both of those things to be true unless, of course, you are wealthy. Two million women, and I'm sure that number is much higher, but when first reported in the midst of 2020, Stephanie Rule said on MSNBC that two million women had left the workforce. Why? Because they were strapped with having to both homeschool, right, as well as hold on to their own jobs. And at the end of it, when push came to shove, what did they have to give up? The ability to be able to maintain building an income outside of the household. So whether or not we say it explicitly, like the Taliban and other archaic governments, we do a lot of the same similar shit. We just use euphemisms and nuance, right? It is the appearance of freedom for women. It is the appearance of equity for women, but we don't actually practice that. It is why we have so many subgroups. And if you work in corporate America, you have, you know, employee resource groups that are for women that are for this. Then we talk about mentorship programs and pipelines and all of these things. Why? Because many of the policies that we have on the books and that we continue to okay in this country are steeped in patriarchy and misogyny. So when the economist then has the audacity to say, well, you know, maybe that Hillary Clinton, you know, the most qualified person ever to run for president of these United States, says something that maybe, you know, she wasn't off base. That maybe, you know, this very intelligent, highly educated, strategic woman knew what the fuck she was talking about, but no one listened to her because she was, in fact, a woman. So here is a bit of this piece. After America and its allies toppled the Taliban in 2001, primary school enrollment of Afghan girls rose from 0% to above 80%. Infant mortality fell by half. Forced marriages were made illegal. Many of those schools were ropey and many families ignored the law, but no one seriously doubts that Afghan women and girls have made great gains in the past 20 years or that those gains are now in jeopardy. The United States is, quote, committed to advancing gender equality through its foreign policy, according to the State Department. Bequeathing billions of dollars worth of arms and a medium-sized country to a group of violent misogynists is an odd way to show it. Of course, foreign policy involves difficult trade-offs, but there is growing evidence that Hillary Clinton was on to something when she said a decade ago that the subjugation of women is a threat to the common security for our world. Societies, they write, that oppress women are far more likely to be violent and unstable. They go on. There are several possible reasons for this. 
In many places, girls are selectively aborted or fatally neglected. This has led to skewed sex ratios, which mean millions of young men are doomed to remain single. Frustrated young men are more likely to commit violent crimes or join rebel groups. I want to pause here for a minute. Because this is something that, again, we don't discuss, right? Which is the psychology of white male rage. And I'm particularly talking about this in the context of the United States and in the context of who we look to, right, as being the quote-unquote norm and the quote-unquote mainstream. And what we have seen in this country, and again, this is just based on my observation, not any report that has come out, but I'm assuming that one will, which is this. Over the last 10 plus years, according to the FBI reporting, there's been a rise in white supremacist groups. There has also been a rise in hate crimes and violence, oftentimes perpetuated at the hands of white men. We know that a majority of mass shootings, for instance, have been done at the hands of white men. There is also, right, as we have seen, a either status quo for women's rights or a rollback, which we are seeing right now happen in Texas and the domino effect that is going to unfold with red state governors. Does anybody think about the parallels between the rise in the white domestic terrorist groups and violence in this country, the decrease in enrollment in college and university in this country for men, right? And how these two things are actually overlapping and that the more educated men are, right? That the less likely they are to become violent, to be unstable. And the idea that the more rights, right? That we bestow to women to make the playing field equal, the better off in the long term our country is. And what this piece is saying is that very same thing, but looking at it on a global scale and not just looking at the United States. But you see, the thing is, is that in this country, we are more interested in putting band-aids on bullet holes than we are on anything else. You see, we only ever want to unpack the psychology when we're trying to invoke empathy in white male rage. We never actually decide, let's unpack the psychology to better understand the policies that are driving this type of fucking violence and this type of increase in white supremacist violent groups, right? Because they're oftentimes, let us be clear, is that these white supremacist groups are often steeped in misogyny as well. Which is why in 2016, you would found me with my mouth agape Because I'm like, how the fuck these white women go ahead and vote for these men that don't want you to have access to an abortion, that want to keep you locked in the household, but in your reptilian brain, you're thinking about what? Survival and survival only, which for white women is that the proximity to maleness, right, is where their power lies. So we enforce, we reinforce this Continual, secular fuckery because we don't address anything actually at the root. 
And what they will go on to say in the piece, which I thought is really interesting as well, is that when women are locked into these violent type of domestic situations, right? It is also less likely that they are going to be educating thoughtful, strategic leaders for the future. So if you are thinking again about your country's ability to reimagine manifest destiny and a Taliban takeover, or if you are, you know, a dictator or what have you, and you're looking to spread your wings, why wouldn't you want as many educated people pushing your country forward as possible? But it's the same question that I ask about the United States. Is the same question that I ask about the Taliban, which is why wouldn't you invest in women? Why wouldn't you make equal pay the law of the land? Why wouldn't you make it so that in a country that was founded on Christian fundamentalism, that if you wanted people to actually have families, right, to increase the population, then you would do so in a way that would allow there to be a mandate in private corporations to have childcare, right, on the grounds. It would be the same for the federal government and workers that childcare is a part of your package, right, just like a 401k, just like health insurance, that if you have a child that is not of school age, then we are providing childcare for you. Because you see, that's what a logical country would do that wants to increase its GDP, that wants to be in competition with the rest of the fucking world. You wouldn't then make it so half of the global population is unable to access any type of economic individualism or community building that could make your country better. But it's the same fucking patriarchal logic that the Taliban uses, that white Christian fundamentalists use in the United States. And so what pisses me off to no end is that over the last couple of weeks, right, the last week or so that we are now dealing with the, you know, the, the blast radius of Texas's new abortion ban, that you're turning around and you're saying, huh, people are referring to this as like, Y'all, Qaeda, and naming it, you know, the what they think is funny, pithy things that are mocking Islam. When I'm like, no, 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 dear friend, this ain't have nothing to do with Islam, what is happening in fucking Texas. This is Christian fundamentalism and extremism run a fucking muck. But because it's white people with their white Jesus, you've decided to turn the other cheek or look the other fucking way. And the reality is, is that they are abusing women in the same fucking way. So do not make it seem as you have this one pristine, untouchable religion, and then you have, oh, Islam over here. It is one in the fucking same, which is about men being in power and men ruling alone. And what we have seen is that that creates war, it creates famine, and it creates instability. So when will we learn is the question that I have. And the question that I'm sure was posed by Hillary Clinton so many fucking moons ago, but you know, nobody listened. That's it for today's Woke AF Daily podcast. To hear more from me, including five full hour-long shows every single week, exclusive guest interviews, and more, support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Woke AF. 
Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.